Hey everybody, welcome to the Mini Break by Cracked Rackets, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Tuesday, May 4th. Uh, As you all know, we like to record these in the morning, so it works out pretty well because we got quite a bit of uh, action happening in Madrid on both the ATP and WTA fronts. A couple quick things I got to do before we really hop into the action. First, I have to apologize. You can probably tell the voice is a bit scratchy, a bit softer today, Uh, really just indicating that I am not in good podcasting shape. So hopefully over the next couple of weeks before the French Open, I will get those chops back. But again, as you can probably tell, a bit scratchy. Apologies for that one today. Second, before we hop into the action, we have to also thank our sponsors over at MidwestSports.com. They are the ones who give us the support day in, day out to do this podcast for us. So you need anything, tennis equipment, whether it's rackets, apparel, you name it, head over to MidwestSports.com and I guarantee they have got you covered with their good service and their phenomenal um, shipping that they've got. I mean, it's it's incredible. No matter where you are, I feel like it always ships faster than I expect, even during COVID times, which is just has been really, really impressive for me. I've actually got some shoes coming from Midwest Sports today, so excited to get on the court and wear those. Um, If you are going after any of those sale items, use our promo code CR15 and you will get an additional 15% off of that sale item. So be sure to take advantage. Head over to MidwestSports.com. You won't be disappointed. Now let's hop into that professional tennis. Like I said, we've got a lot of we got a lot of stuff to unpack on both the WTA and ATP side. As you know, um, if you've been following along, both of these tournaments going on in Madrid, the women's a bit ahead um, because they started a little earlier, so the men's round's a bit more behind, but that just means we get more matches during the day to talk about on the men's side. So without further ado, let's go ahead and hop into it. Let's start on the ATP side just because there are um, more matches to cover here. So starting at the top for what happened early this morning, if you caught any of it, Hubi Hercatch goes out in a three-set battle versus the Aussie, John Millman. Millman winning that after dropping the first set 5-7, wins 7-6, 6-3 in the subsequent second and third set. So always up for a battle with the Aussie there. Not surprising to see that one go the distance. Yannick Sinner getting a win over Guido Pella, 6-2, 4-all. Uh, Pella actually retired in this one, so Sinner moving on to the next round. The next one, look, I would say across the board, my picks were pretty solid, I would say, for the day. I talked, had several conversations. Most of what I thought was going to happen did end up unfolding that way. This next match I'm going to talk about briefly was not one. Um, I thought the battle between Casper Root and FAA would be a really, really tight one, um, a contest that would probably go deep into a third set potentially. I know Casper Ruud very comfortable on the clay, but FAA has that athleticism and when he does go after the ball, you know, he can hit through anybody on any surface, but uh Casper Ruud just too solid and FAA not clean enough on his side of the net. So Casper Ruud gets through this one very comfortably, 6-1, 6-4. Um Canadian just not able to get it done. As we move on, one that was very uh, just an incredible contest. There's no other way to say it. Three tie-break sets. That's what you expect from, I don't know, like Isner. But in this case, uh, it's the Spanish clay court grinder, Davidovich Fokina, taking out Herbert of France, 6-7, 7-6, 7-6, in an absolute battle. Of course, that one could have gone either way. Davidovich Fokina, lucky to be alive after uh, Herbert, crafty, so difficult to play against. Davidovich Fokina, though, an impressive win, and he's moving on. Another three-setter for you here, the veteran Nishikori, who has been on his comeback tour, 
I expected him to win this match, um, so not surprising to see him get it done over Karen Hatchinoff. 6-7, 6-2, 6-2 in that third set. Nishikori has just been really strong with his return to the game, in all honesty. You know, we saw it against some of the higher-level players. It looks like he's really, really, really ready to come back. Um, and, and so it's great to see him obviously healthy and out there competing the way that we know that he can. Um, so this is just really fun. And I think this is just going to help build some confidence big time um, because he's got the French Open coming up. To be able to see him this comfortable out there is really good. Obviously, Hatchinov not at his best right now, but still an impressive win for Nishikori, no doubt. Um, we have another winner from Japan on the day in Nishioka. Uh, taking out Filip Krajinovic in straight sets. A little surprising for me here, but 6-2, 6-4. Originally, this matchup was actually going to be Cam Nori and Krajinovic, and I had Cam Nori moving on. Uh, but here we are, Nishioka taking the place. A bit of a different play style, if you know the two. Uh, but Nishioka gets it done, 6-2, 6-4, moving on. The Serbian Krajinovic out of the tournament. Next up on the day, a really impressive performance from the American Tommy Paul. Obviously, we know that he is comfortable on a clay court. He had a lot of success there as a junior, but he had a really tough matchup in Andre Rublev, the hard-hitting Russian. Mm. Tommy Paul, though, taking the first set off of him. Uh, again, just really impressive stuff here. I think this is another one that builds some momentum and some confidence for later uh, this month in Roland Garros, but Rublev just too good as the match wore on. 6-7, 6-3, 6-4. He goes into the next round. Jan Leonard Struve, who had a good run uh, last week or just a few days ago, lost in the final to Basilashvili for that one in Munich. Now he's back here, but goes out to Alexi Popper in the hard-hitting Aussie. Uh, you know, there's probably some fatigue here. I actually didn't expect Struff to get through far into this tournament, regardless of who he played, just because I figured there would be a bit of fatigue there from the last tournament. Popperin gets it done and takes advantage of the situation. 6-3, 7-6, he's moving on. This one was an absolute, uh, an absolute battle and one that was a complete toss-up before the match. Denis Shapovalov taking on Bublik. This is one where, especially when you're playing Bublik, he's going up against a guy, a young guy who can hit a huge ball. I just didn't even know what to expect out of this match. It's always expect the unexpected with Bublik. But Denis Shapovalov looked solid. Bublik, though, just too good in the end. Three tight sets here. Bublik gets it done 6-4, 5-7, 6-4, and he's moving on. Two more three-setters thus far in the day. I'll remind you there still are a couple of matches that have yet to be played on the men's side. But for what we've got so far, two more three-setters that we had this morning. Taylor Fritz taking on uh, Ramos Vinolas, somebody who just took on a title and is obviously incredibly comfortable on this surface. Taylor Fritz looked pretty solid in this one, but I think at the end of the day, Ramos just much more comfortable on the clay here. Gets it done, wins the first 7-5, drops the second 5-7, Wins the third 6-4 over the American Taylor Fritz. Hey, Cracked fans. As winter slowly turns into spring and all of us look forward to getting back on the outdoor tennis courts, we here at Crack Rackets want to ensure that you listeners have everything you need to make sure your return to outdoor tennis is a successful one. That's where our friends at Gamma Sports come in. Now, if you need new strings, new grips, new court equipment, ball hoppers, machine tools, and accessories, whatever it may be, our friends at Gamma have it all for you. They've also, of course, got dampeners, over 
over grips, replacement grips. They've got it all. And if you go to their website, gammasports.com slash tennis right now, you use our promo code CRACK20, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, I know Gamma has a new string pattern in the queue called the React Pro, which all of you Gamma string users will enjoy. And even if you're not using Gamma strings, maybe now's the time to start. But they've also got polyesters, everything you could be looking for from a tennis equipment standpoint, all in one location. Just go to gammasports.com slash tennis right now. Use that promo code CRACK20 to get 20% off your order. Again, gammasports.com slash tennis. Use that promo code CRACK20 to get 20% off your order. Another person we know is going to have um, a lot of success on clay, Roberto Batista Agut, incredibly solid player, going up against a guy who had that dream run at Roland Garros not too long ago. Batista Agut taking on Cecinato of Italy here. Batista Agut barely gets it done. He's got to feel pretty lucky to survive after this one. A really tight third set. Batista Agut comes out swinging, wins the first 6-2, drops the second in a breaker, wins 7-5 in the third to move on. Now, obviously, Batista Agut... Just an absolute machine, so I'm not really worried about this third set, you know, this three set match pushing him physically. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm sure he's feeling a bit fatigued now, but the way this guy plays, operates, and trains, I'm not really worried about that mm. impacting him too badly as we move into the next round. Still expect that same level from him um, no matter what. Next match, Basilishvili, you know, he's going up against Benoit Pair, another one similar to Bublik where you just don't know what you're going to get out of this sort of match. But Benoit Pair staying solid, um, and actually this is one of my picks too. I, I, I was just feeling the Benoit Pair train here a little bit. Um, so got lucky with this one probably, but he gets out of here with a straight set win. Both pretty tight sets here, but Benoit Pair able to get it done 6-4, 7-5, and not have things extend into a third set. You got to figure if it did go to three, Basilishvili probably has the edge there, uh, but Benoit Pair able to get it done in straight sets. He's moving on. Finally, the last completed match we have thus far, uh, battle between the Italians in Matteo Berrettini and Fabio Fognini. The young guy against the veteran. In this case, youth prevailed. Uh, Berrettini getting the win 6-3, 6-4. I am a bit surprised here. I thought Fognini would at least grab a set and make this a bit tighter of a competition, but uh, you know, never exactly know what you're going to get with Fabio, but we've seen him have great success on the clay, so uh, Berrettini obviously playing very well here. Um, and, and again, as I mentioned before, I think it's especially important for these young guys, you know, not as much for the veterans, but especially for these young guys, to get some success in this clay court swing to build a little bit of momentum and confidence as we go into Roland Garros. I mean, you got to think for Matteo Berrettini, after he pushed up into that top 10, um, you know, he hasn't had necessarily the best runs, but getting wins like this over people like Fogni, who are veterans, who can beat the big guys, you know, that, that's going to speak volumes, and I think that's going to make him feel a lot better as he goes into those tough matches that happen at Roland Garros. So, good to see for Matteo Berrettini there. Um, obviously, he's one of those guys who can hit through pretty much anybody when he goes after that serve forehand. He just, he has the weapons to be able to hit through people, even on um, a clay surface. So, great to see from him. Excited to see what that means for Roland Garros. The two matches have yet to go on, um, and so hopefully we'll be talking about them later in tomorrow's mini-break, but Dominic Team taking on the American Giron. Uh, that's slated to go on here in just uh, just a few minutes, actually, so we'll see what happens there. Dominic Team obviously, you know, taking a bit of a break. Things haven't been great for him on tour, and he said he really needed this, this time to reset a little bit, so I'm pretty anxious and eager to see how he jumps out, you know, on the clay court. He's always going to be a threat, always going to be one of, if not the favorite. Um, so, again, you expect him to bounce back and be solid here, but again, he's taking a bit of a break, 
And so uh, hopefully we, we see him return and, and have that great form that we know Dominic Team can't. Finally, uh, and I do expect this one to be a battle, Alex Dibonauer taking on Lloyd Harris, who has had a lot of success as of late. Both of these guys dangerous. Um, I, I think this match will be really, really tightly contested and could possibly even push into a pretty deep third set if I had to uh, put a number to it. So really excited to see how those last two shake out. But that's what we've had on the men's side for this morning, at least early this morning. Let's go ahead and hop over to the WTA side. As I mentioned, they're a bit farther along in this tournament, so not as many matches to cover So, um, in terms of comparing to the ATP side. But on the women's side, two have completed thus far today. One, an absolute battle. One, a complete blowout. So uh, very sort of opposite ends of the spectrum here. In that first tight match, the upset from Elisa Mertens, taking out Simona Halep in three tight sets, 4-6, 7-5, 7-5. I mentioned it yesterday on the mini break. Never know you know, what Mertens can do. She was so solid in 2020. Her and Sabalenka, someone I'll talk about in just a second, were just incredibly solid day, you know, week in, week out at these tournaments, regardless of the level. So really exciting to see Mertens be able to have this success and take out somebody like Simona Halep, who is always going to be a, an incredibly difficult challenge, particularly on this surface. Now, I told you I was going to mention Sabalenka, and that's exactly what I'm going to do here in this next match. She she sends a pretty strong message here. Uh, Sabalenka takes out Jess Pagula, 6-1, 6-2, in a very, very quick match there in Madrid. And so Sabalenka, I mean, what, what more can you say? She has been just incredibly solid. And now she's going to be feeling fresh for this match. She'll be playing Mertens next round. We'll talk about it a bit uh, here in a sec once we get to the previews for the next matches. But, you know, you go into a match after winning one and two against somebody who battles three sets against somebody like Simona Halep, Sabalenka's got to be feeling really good about that at this point because she has the edge physically. Um, and, it, you know, she was already going to be a favorite and now even more so because of the physical toll that Mertens just had to, uh, to endure to get through that three-setter. So Sabalenka got to be feeling good as we move on couple more matches on the women's side. One has not completed currently on court in, a, in, in, in the third set now, and then one have yet to go on as well. So on court right now, we have Pavlyuchenkova taking on Jen Brady. Jen Brady has looked really, really solid here, and this match has just been ra I mean, razor-thin margins here, incredibly tight. Jen Brady drops the first set 5-7, wins the second 7-6, 10-8 in that breaker, currently on serve in the third set. So we'll try and throw some updates your way um, if things continue to sort of evolve. If anything changes off pattern there in that third set, I'll definitely call it out as I continue to check back. But right now, just a tight three-set match either way. Finally, that last match to go on is uh, Marie Sakari taking on uh, Mukova. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, both of those players have gotten really good wins um, throughout this tournament. So that one is the last one to go on, and it will go on later this afternoon. Let's stay on the women's side here um, and talk about the matches for tomorrow. Obviously, you know, we don't have all four set because uh, because of the fact that there are matches that are still on court. But let's talk about the three that we know for sure that are going to go on uh, for tomorrow morning. First, we have Bedosa taking on Belinda Bencic. You know, Bencic, similar to the conversation we had with Nisha Corey there about it's great to see her having a bit of success after coming back after injury and all these other factors that have been happening. Uh, look, it's good to see Belinda Bencic because she is such a talented player. Obviously, she goes up against Bedosa, somebody who's very comfortable on this surface. So she's going to have to battle. 
She's definitely going to have to battle at this point. Um, but that one's the first one to go on. Next, we've got Ash Barty taking on Petra Kvitova. Very interesting uh, clash of styles in this one. I think you have to give Ash Barty the edge because of that matchup, especially on this surface. But look, at the end of the day, Kvitova knows how to win these big matches. And if she gets a hold of these neutral rally balls and can really dictate, push Ash Barty around, I think she'll be in pretty good shape, honestly. Um, she has chances to win this. Ash Barty loves Loves going to that slice, but Kvitova can play the slice and play that low ball too. So we'll see how that one shakes out. But like I said, I think Ash Barty has to be regarded as the favorite, no doubt about it. Finally, the other match that I already alluded to, the Sabalenka-Mertens matchup. Again, Sabalenka was going to be the favorite for this matchup regardless, but now especially given her complete blowout win and Mertens' very tight win over Halep, yeah, she's going to get some confidence from that, but I think the physical toll probably outweighs that a touch. So you got to think Sabalenka is feeling good and is going to come in as a heavy favorite for that match on the women's side. Finally, let's talk about some of the men's matches that we've got in Madrid. Again, because of the fact that they're a bit behind in the draw compared to the women, there are going to be more to talk about. So let's go ahead and hop in here. Starting us off on those the very early morning matches, Davidovich Fokina taking on Daniil Medvedev. That's a very, very tough matchup for Davidovich Fokina. I think he has... You know, mentally, there's maybe a bit of an edge because he knows that he's more comfortable on this surface than Daniil is. Uh, but even with that, Medvedev has all the weapons, can grind out matches regardless of the setting and all the different variables. Daniil Medvedev going to come in a heavy favorite for sure. Um, next up, we've got Christian Guerin, another guy who's incredibly comfortable on the clay, taking on Dominic Kopfer. Um, that should be a good match. I think, again, Guerin's got to be given the edge. But in Kopfer, when he gets a hold of a ball, I mean, again, one of those guys who can hit through anybody on any surface regardless. I think Christian Guerin just really, really strong on the clay and has to be, has to be uh, given some respect for that one right there. Diego Schwartzman taking on Aslan Karatsev. That'll be a very interesting match as well. And I think this is a really important sort of match for Diego Schwartzman. He hasn't been at his best lately. So for him to win a match against a guy who's been so hot like Aslan Karatsev, get some confidence moving into Roland Garros, I think this is a really, really important one for Diego Schwartzman. And the bottom line, I think this match is much more important for Schwartzman than it is Karatsev. Uh, because Karatsev, He's got so much momentum, regardless of how this tournament goes. You know, you can kind of see it when he plays. He's going to play his game regardless, and mentally he knows that he's on a good streak regardless of if he wins a match like this. Diego Schwartzman, on the other hand, I think really needs this one to get his confidence back up. But again, that's just how I see this one. Uh, I, I think, I honestly, I think this one could go either way. That's the fun part about a lot of these matches. I, I really do think they could go either way. But again, I think this one holds a bit more importance for um, Diego Schwartzman. We've got a battle between John Millman and Dan Evans. So, you know, again, an interesting clash of styles in that one. But, you know, both of these guys, neither a big, huge, imposing character, but both are going to grind and both are going to battle. So that's going to be a fun one. I would expect three sets, but again, who knows? Nishikori taking on Zverev in that next one. Zverev has not been in very good form. So I think this match poses a real opportunity for Nishikori to maybe make something happen now. Zverev. Probably still regarded as the favorite by almost everybody. We know that he can be very comfortable and play an incredibly high level of tennis on the clay, but recently Zverev just has not been at his best. And Nishikori, on the other hand, has a lot of momentum, has put up some good performances against really high-level players. He's not going to be scared of this challenge at all. He's the veteran here regardless. Um, and, and so I think this, this one poses an interesting opportunity for Nishikori to win this thing. Um, and, and I think, again, I expect this one to 
I expect this one to go three sets as well. It, it could be two really tight sets either way, but uh, I think it, I expect it to be a very competitive match regardless. Uh, battle of the young guys here in the next one, Alexi Poprin taking on Yannick Sinner. We've also uh, got, on the other hand, a couple of veterans of the tour, Ramos Vinolas taking on Del Bonas, both guys who really love to be on the clay, so that's going to be an interesting clash for sure. Nadal takes on the young Spaniard Alcaraz, uh, an interesting matchup, no doubt, but I think that <laughs> Nadal, a heavy, heavy favorite, and something crazy would have to happen for Alcaraz to be able to pull out a match like that. Batista Gu taking on Big serving John Isner. Again, a weird clash of styles there, but I expect Bautista Agut to be able to take care of business there. You know, the Isner serve just not going to do as much damage as it would on a hard court or another surface. So I think Batista Agut is going to get a lot of looks in these return games, probably make Isner pay. And obviously, I don't think Isner is going to be in a position to break uh, Batista Agut a lot. So I expect Batista Agut to roll through this one. Might be a couple of tight sets for sure, but uh, look. Pretty much every John Isner match has those tight sets that's only separated by a break or even a tie break. So we'll see there. I think that's what makes Isner interesting is because he's always in these sort of matches. But when it comes down to it, I think you just have to give RBA the edge in this matchup. Two other matches on the men's side that have been set. Again, there are a couple more given the fact that not all of today's matches have been completed, but two more that we know for sure. Kasper Ruud taking on Nishioka. Look, Nishioka looked really strong today, but I think Kasper Ruud has to be given the edge, not only because of how comfortable he is on this surface, but because of that performance against FAA today. He's just so solid and clearly locked in right now. So Kasper Ruud got to be the favorite for that one, but going to be a grind for sure. Both of those guys can, both of those guys are, you know, machines from the baseline and can hit a million balls so I expect some very very long points and it's going to be it's going to be a tough one both of both of those players either one will have to battle to win for sure because it's not like they're going to be able to hit through the other person easily um, it's going to be very difficult and they both of those guys do a great job especially on the surface of making life really difficult for their opponents. Finally, the last matchup that we know for sure, Stefanos Tsitsipas taking on Benoit Pair. Now, Benoit Pair obviously going to go into this one the heavy, heavy underdog, but at the end of the day, it's Benoit Pair, right? <laughs> you never know what you're going to get from this guy, and he's got the weapons and the know-how to be able to be really crafty and come up with just crazy shots. Um, he, I mean, he's a shot maker. He's an entertainer. So you never know what can happen. But especially with the form that we've seen from Stefano Sitsipas as of late, this guy comes in a huge favorite um, and I think should take care of business in a fairly routine manner uh, tomorrow morning against Benoit Pair. That's what we've got on both the men's and women's side for Madrid. Um, again, a couple of those matches we're not able to talk about yet just because they have not been set. So there's action currently going on. So, you know, if you can, hop away from the desk. Go ahead and watch over there. Uh, what I've got for you, I'll give you a quick update on that women's side because I told you I would. We're still on serve in the third set, Jen Brady against Pavlyuchenkova, but... Brady's been in a bit of trouble in some of these service games. We're now back to deuce um, in the 2-3 game, but again, we're still on serve, and so anything can happen deep into this third set. Again, want to apologize for the scratchy voice. I, I appreciate you sticking with me through this one. I uh, know it's not ideal, but hopefully we'll get these chops back and we'll be in good shape, particularly in time for Roland Garros. Um, obviously, Gruskin, you haven't heard from him on the mini break for the last couple days. He has been busy as ever. You know how he is, always grinding, whether it's a podcast or running a tournament or anything he's doing. So he should be back on the mic for you guys here tomorrow. But uh, it's been a pleasure being able to talk about Madrid with you. You know, this is 
always such a fun event and, and you know, you start to extrapolate and see well, what could happen with this player or this player before the French Open. And look, it's all speculation, but at the end of the day, um, it's still fun to be able to do and talk about some of these players and see some young guys get some good results that hopefully build confidence and, you know, give them the ability to, to make a fourth round or a quarter run at, at a major. That's always, it's always fun. It's always fun to see. So anyway, thank you for joining in. Have to give a quick shout out once again to our sponsors at Midwest Sports for supporting the podcast. And guys, that's a break. We'll see you next time.